0: Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor, Amanda Buckle. And I'm Erner Barry
1: Market Reporter, Lauren Castiglione. This episode of the Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by the Spring 2022 issue of Erner Barry's Reporter Magazine. This issue is a must-read for the seafood industry as it features the special State of the Seafood Industry Annual Review. Plus, find stories on the lobster market seeing a shift in consumer behavior, shifting food service trends, and much more.
0: The week before the big news was the announcement of the snow crab quota, and now we have the initial price of the season. There was a lot of tension between the Association of Seafood Producers
1: and FFAW Unifor prior to the announcement of the snow crab price, which honestly is nothing new, but this year the tension was due to ASP's motion to remove new price-setting panel member Earl McCurdy due to his long history with FFAW. ASP was unsuccessful
0: in getting McCarty out, but they did get a win with the price. That's right. So on March 24th, FFAW's price position was at $9.05 per pound. ASP's offer was $7.60, which was a rollover of the price last year. And the price setting panel ultimately went with the price put forward by ASP.
1: So needless to say, FFAW was not happy with the outcome. The group noted in a press release that when they submitted their price on March 24th, the earnerberry market for Newfoundland's five to eight snow crab was $15 and 25 cents. And since that time, the market dropped by $1.50 and is currently at $13 and 75 cents. FFAW said that the price submitted to the price setting panel was based on a 14 dollars to $14 and 25 cent market. Thank yeah.
0: you. FFAW's Insure Council and crab Negotiating Committee have ultimately decided to hold off on an immediate reconsideration since the market is still in decline and they fear a lower price. The organization said that they will continue to monitor the market closely and move forward with a price reconsideration request when the market settles and rebounds. The other big headline
1: was the announcement that Kelly Villade, the CEO of Red Lobster, was resigning after eight months with the iconic seafood chain. Villade and Red Lobster did not give an explanation For her resignation, but the company did say that they will immediately begin a search for a successor who can lead the company in achieving its vision of being where the world goes for seafood now and for generations. Red Lobster's executive team will be working closely with the board of directors during the search for a permanent replacement with Paul Kenny, a member of Red Lobster's board, serving as a liaison between Red Lobster's leadership and the board.
0: Filet replaced Red Lobster's longtime CEO, Kim Lopterp, in August of 2021. And she has spent over 22 years at Brinker International, the hospitality industry company that owns Chili's and Maggiano's uh, Little Italy restaurant chains. Prior to joining Red Lobster, she served as the president and CEO of Black Box Intelligence, a data and insights provider of workforce, guest, consumer, and financial performance benchmarks for the hospitality industry. And... I want to keep saying in our top story because there's just so much big news this week in our other top story. Um, but, I mean, another highlight of the week was the European Commission's new sanctions against Russia, including a ban on seafood imports. Okay, um, well, before
1: we get into Russia, do we want to make our formal announcement now? What's our formal announcement? That Amanda and I are formally putting our names in the running... For
0: the new CEO of Red Lobster, <laughs> yes, I'm envisioning our interview to be like Step Brothers. We're both in tuxedos and we're sitting one behind each other, and we're just and we're, we're feeding each other cheddar bay biscuits. Yes, and that's <laughs> that's the extent. And it's you know we're just going to promote cheddar bay biscuits and obviously the rest of seafood. Um, everything's yeah. obviously good at Red Lobster. Uh, do you remember <laughs> when we had that that uh, that fried lobster? Yeah. Yes, oh, that was good. We should we should make another Red Lobster run. We should. Anyway, that's all CEOs do, right? Is just it's eat the food and enjoy it and say, yes, more of this, more of this. Yeah, we could totally do that. <laughs>
1: Okay, Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, announced a proposal of additional sanctions to cut even deeper into the Russian economy. Von der Leyen introduced a fifth package made up of six pillars, including an import ban on coal from Russia and a ban on Russian vessels and Russian-operated vessels from accessing EU ports. The fifth pillar focuses on specific import bans worth 5.5 billion euros. While the specifics haven't been announced as of Friday, von der Leyen did say that Russian imported items from, quote, seafood to liquor would be banned.
0: And another major Russia-Ukraine news, the topic of the ban on Russian seafood imports into the U.S. was brought up during a House Natural Resources Subcommittee on Water, Oceans, and Wildlife meeting. As we previously reported, President Joe Biden announced on March 11th that he would be taking new actions to hold Russia accountable following the country's attack on Ukraine. Part of those actions included putting a ban on Russian imports, including seafood, of which the U.S. imported more than $171 million worth in January 2022 alone. The ban was supposed to go into place at the end of March. However, the deadline was ultimately delayed until June 23rd for those that had written purchase agreements in place prior to the March 11th executive order.
1: Subcommittee chair Jared Huffman said that while the ban is well-intentioned, it won't work under current laws and policies or under the less than watchful eye of NOAA. Huffman's concern is that many of the species from Russia, Russia that are part of the ban are not covered under the Seafood Import Monitoring Program, or SIMP. While there are plans to further expand SIMP, right now the program only applies to 13 species groups.
0: Huffman said during the meeting, while the executive order in theory is supposed to block seafood imported directly from Russia, how will it actually work if none of the seafood is required to be tracked? Unless that fish is one of the 13 species that happen to be covered by simp, the Russian origins of this seafood is untraceable and the ban is impossible to enforce. And now that's an issue that was also brought up by Oceana following the April 7th House Natural Resources Subcommittee on Water, Oceans, and Wildlife. So Beth Lowell, Oceana's acting vice
1: president for the United States, said that Oceana applauds President Biden's ban on Russian seafood imports to ensure Americans are not supporting the devastating and senseless attack on Ukraine. But in order to ensure that Russian seafood does not reach our borders or plates, we need to expand documentation and traceability requirements for all seafood. Russian-caught seafood may be sent to other countries like China for processing, so it is imperative that the U.S. has a clear picture of both where fish is caught and the path it took to get to the U.S. to ensure that Russian products are truly banned from the U.S.
0: Lowell added that Russian fisheries have limited monitoring environmental oversight, yet the U.S. imported over $1.2 billion worth of Russian seafood last year forcing U.S. fishers to compete in the marketplace over similar seafood products like salmon, pollock, snow crab, and king crab that are caught by U.S. fisheries in Alaska. Traceability for all seafood will ensure that Russia has no place in the U.S. seafood supply chain. Russian seafood products will not reach American plates and American dollars will not support this needless war.
1: The organization, which works to protect and restore the oceans on a global scale, shared a fact sheet on Thursday showing that outside of Russian ports, Russian flag fishing vessels primarily entered ports in South Korea and Norway. Dr. Marla Valentine, an illegal fishing and transparency campaign manager at Oceana, said that withdrawing port access, denying fishing rights, and banning imports can be powerful sanctions, in addition to banning seafood from Russia. The countries identified in Oceana's analysis, especially those most frequented by Russian vessels, should decide whether Russian actions in Ukraine warrants the continued privilege of port access or fishing in their waters. For any ban on Russian seafood to be effective, there, sh- there must be boat-to-plate
0: traceability for all seafood. Yes, it is. But we don't want to be all, you know, gloom and doom on, on our podcast, do we? No, we don't. So, uh, so here's some happy news from our pals at the uh, Associated Press. But first, some right whale news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we'll, save that for, we'll save that drama for next week. <laughs> Um, but we do have some happy news from our pals at the Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers. So GAP has entered into a new partnership with Nordstrom Restaurants and Trident Seafoods for Earth Month. Um, now, maybe you know, know this because I, I feel like you're a, a high-end shopper, Lauren. You always look great. <laughs> and you're always broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're always broke. Um, I'm not a regular Nordstrom shopper. Uh, and I had no idea that they had restaurants. I, I thought like When I read this initially, I thought this was, like, a restaurant group I had never heard of. But, yeah, yeah, no, they actually have restaurants and coffee bars. So that's pretty cool. Um, Obviously, there's none by us. (laughs) But uh, we're going to have to find our closest one ASAP because this partnership looks delicious. Yes, it does. And we could totally get uh, a trip to Nordstrom.
1: Paid for by work with this with this partnership. <laughs> oh, that's right. All right, let's let's plan that let's trip. Let's do it. It's not that far. It's only in Monmouth County. So they have the restaurant there. Yeah, all Nordstroms oh. have the little the little eatery. So team members from Gap and Trident Seafoods met with Nordstrom chefs in January to develop recipe ideas featuring wild Alaska pollock. The chefs competed for which dish would be part of the April menu with options ranging from grilled to blackened and breaded wild alaska pollock which you can't go wrong with any of those and ultimately the restaurants will feature blackened wild alaska pollock with cajun risotto these specialty coffee bars at nordstrom will feature a grab-and-go blackened wild alaska pollock taco salad
0: so gap posted some photos uh, on their instagram you can follow them at wild ak pollock um the dishes seriously look amazing if if they look awesome yeah if we can't get to a nordstrom restaurant which you're right we're just going to expense it we're just gonna take a drive um we're gonna have to recreate these dishes at home because they're like seriously mouth-watering um but the the work with trident seafoods and nordstrom was part of a project selected during the latest round of funding in gaps partnership program last year the organization awarded over 1.6 million dollars in funding to 14 partners with the goal to increase awareness and demand for wild alaska pollock and i am demanding it i'm demanding yes. it these dishes do you hear us <laughs>
1: So Nordstrom Restaurant Group has over two hundred locations, including specialty coffee bars, quick service, and full service restaurants. The two Wild Alaska pollock dishes will be available through May second, so we gotta get a
0: move on it. All right. Well, we know what we're doing on Monday. If anyone's if anyone's looking for us who else wants
1: to skip work and come to
0: Nordstrom's <laughs> with us <laughs> we're not shopping Jimmy we're eating it's it's all it's all okay <laughs> it's in the name of seafood everything is in the name of seafood well that does it for us thanks for listening and we'll see you back here next week bye-bye,
1: bye-bye.